this isn't so much an announcement as just a welcome for Laurel. It's my pleasure this morning to welcome Laurel as our, our uh, worship leader. Many of you have connected with Laurel by phone or in person as she's been our church secretary for 19 years. <laughs> This morning, she chose a different role. Welcome, Laurel. Good morning, everybody. Okay, I'll stand back here a little bit. <laughs> anyway, uh, first of all, I, I do need to apologize. I should have made this announcement last week but I, I totally forgot about it. Um, when we had our congregational meeting back on October the 2nd, and we uh, voted to accept uh, Pastor Jan Brown, uh, I went home and gave her a little bit of time to, to have lunch and, and relax after her busy morning. And then I called her and I gave her the results of the vote, and uh, she's very happy, very ecstatic. She's looking forward to joining us, uh, every time I talk to her, she has that, that excitement in her voice when we, when we talk about grace, and she's looking forward to being here. Uh, she'll start officially on January the 3rd. Uh, she gave notice to her M&P committee. The 90 days kicked in from that point, and it all worked out. So she'll be here um, starting on January the 3rd. Her first service will be January the 8th, and uh, we may have a a little bit of an extended program that day. There's a few formalities we'll have to go through, but uh, we'll do that part. Uh, the second part has to do with the uh, financial situation for the church. Um, sometime this week, I hope to get my thoughts down on paper and uh, get it sent out, uh, showing exactly uh, where we are. At the end of September, our deficit was something like $49,000. Uh, it's been a tough year. We've had to deal with uh, the, the effects of COVID throughout part of it. Um, things not coming together as they should have, should have as far as uh, fundraising, uh, but we are getting more use of our, out of our building now. There's more user groups wanting to be here. So hopefully we can pick some of that up later on. But we have a a long way to go before we get to the end of the year and, and try and get as close as possible to, to zero. Whether we get it or not, I don't know. Uh, but we need everybody's help. So I'll get the email out uh, and then it'll be, uh, we'll have copies of it back here for anybody that's not on email and we'll have uh, additional ways of getting the information out to you. Okay, thank you. I know that our hearts were saddened this week to hear about the sudden passing of Reverend John Polchuk, uh, who is the pastor at St. Matthew's Church in Hanover here. As part of the Hanover Church community, Grace United Church will be sending a message of condolence to St. Matthew's as well. 
we will be donating loaves of sandwiches to St. Matthew's Lutheran to help with the very large funeral lunch that that church will be hosting this Thursday. Uh, I thank Sandra Schreinert for her leadership here and the members of the congregation who will be donating their time uh, to make the sandwiches. And we remember and we know that as a church, uh, it's important to do what we can to support others in their time of need. There's all kinds of announcements this morning. Just a reminder that the offering station is on the back table at the entrance to the church. And um, we will be resuming the passing of the offering plate on our November 6th service. But in the meantime, still please just leave your offerings at the back and our ushers will bring them forward during the offering time. There's many senior programs going on this week. As you all know, chair yoga is on Mondays. Walk and talk is on Wednesdays. There's a Christmas card class coming up in November. Um, and there, this week there's also a Valley View service with Reverend Doug and Sally and Beth. So we're happy to see those resuming. Uh, Crafts Plus is taking orders for its Christmas gumdrop cakes. They're going to be starting baking this week, I understand. And there is an order form posted on the kitchen door, so keep that in mind. Uh, large cakes are $24 and small cakes are $13. Uh, food gifts for the Sandra Has Memorial Food Drive can be brought in every week. During the week, you can call and we'll have somebody come and pick it up uh, if that uh, is necessary. Uh, and we're collecting until November the 6th. Also join us following this service this morning for our anniversary potluck luncheon. And if you need a reminder of any of our announcements, they are printed and there is a sheet at the back that you can take home with you to remind you all week long. And the lovely Jen is showing it for you like Vanna. <laughs> Welcome in the name of Christ. Welcome to this place of worship, our spiritual home for the past 165 years. Situated on the traditional lands of the Adawa, Mississauga, Anishinaabewaki First Nations, and the Métis peoples, with whom we are the peoples of Treaty 45 and a half. May we continue to work to be in right relations with our indigenous neighbors and be allies against systemic racism and colonialism. Welcome, you who are weary and in need of blessing. God will meet you here. Welcome you who wonder what the point of all this is. God will meet you here. Welcome you who rejoice at the abundance we have been given. God will meet you here. Amen. By lighting this candle, we remember who we are and whose we are in Christ, and we rejoice. Amen. Christ left no one out, and likewise all are welcome here. So in whatever way you are comfortable, 
please take a moment to say good morning, welcome or hello to your neighbors, both those here with us in person or live streaming this morning at home or those joining us later at home. Oops, I missed that. We hold each of you in our hearts and include you in our prayers this morning. Now I'm going to let Yuki play our beautiful introit, Come Touch Our Hearts, verses 1 to Join me with the responses for our call to worship and our opening prayer. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. God founded it on the seas. Come and worship God. God of your salvation and maker of all. God, we have heard from our spiritual ancestors of your love for us, shown in the life and ministry of Jesus. We come on this anniversary Sunday in thanks for all your saints, those beside us today, those who led us here, and those to come. Teach us to never cease to give thanks for those who gave us this story and for you who gave us life itself. Please join me in our opening hymn, God of the Bible. More Voices 28 and also up on the screen.
Go!
As we gather ourselves together once again, let us prepare to continue our worship as we join our hearts together and pray. God of all sky, seas, and mountains high, we come this day to give you praise. We are sorry for when we feel we own a piece of earth, which you give to all of us to share. We are sorry when we forget that everyone who lives on earth is your beloved child, no one deserving or more of more love than another. Praise you, God of glorious grace that freely bestows forgiveness on us through Christ, your beloved. Join me as we sing again, Like a Rock, More Voices 92. while we listen for God's voice in the reading of the story of our mission work in Ukraine and the scripture reading read by Paul and Beth Cruikshank this morning. Good morning, everyone. Good to see people here, and thank you, Laurel. A minute for mission is about the Russian invasion of Ukraine ongoing since the Russian invasion of Ukraine began on February 24th. Oh, it seems like forever, doesn't it? Mission and service partners have been responding to the needs of those impacted by the war. Here's an update about some of the ways your generosity is helping to provide life-saving support through our global partnerships. 
With the freezing cold of winter looming, ACT Alliance, action by churches together, is working hard to ensure that those affected by the conflict have safe, warm, and dignified accommodation. As schools are being used to shelter refugees and internally displaced people, ACT is making certain children can continue to access education. In the earliest days of the crisis, one of our partners, Hungarian Interchurch Aid, opened welcome points at borders for those driving and walking across the border and transitioned to support those arriving by train. They have now opened a centralized refugee hub. Again, in Poland, our partner, the Lutheran World Federation, is hosting cash support centers, providing refugee families with money to meet their basic needs. Throughout affected regions, mission and service partners are helping people access essentials like food, water, and hygiene. Church leaders are also on the ground providing spiritual comfort. Father Eugene Omu is a Romanian Orthodox priest who is staffing a refugee welcome center in Scalini, Romania. It's important to have priests here, he says. When someone sees a priest, it reminds them of God and gives them courage to face what is to come. Our church partners are at the forefront of the emergency response in Ukraine with help from faithful supporters like all of us. Your generosity serves as a reminder of the loving spirit of God, providing care and encouragement when and where it is most needed. Thank you for your ongoing support, and we continue to pray for the people of Ukraine. Amen. Our scripture is the Psalm of David, Psalm number 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants too, because God is the one who established it on the seas. God set it firmly on the waters. Who can ascend the Lord's mountain? Who can stand in his holy sanctuary? Only the one with clean hands and a pure heart, the one who hasn't made false promises, the one who hasn't sworn dishonestly. That kind of person receives blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God who saves. And that's how things are with the generation that seeks him, that seeks the face of Jacob's God. Salah. And we looked that word up. It's Hebrew and it means stop and listen. Number seven. Mighty gates, lift up your heads. Ancient doors, rise up high so the glorious king can enter. Who is this glorious king? The Lord strong and powerful, the Lord powerful in battle. Mighty gates, lift up your heads. Ancient doors, rise up high so the glorious king can enter. Who is this glorious king? The Lord of heavenly forces. He is the glorious king. Thanks be to God. This morning's gift of music is being presented by our very own Chime Choir, led by Heather, for our first performance. It's very exciting.
Thank you, Heather and the Chime Choir, for blessing us with your joyous offering this morning. And I know that they would love to have more members join them. You can be sitting, standing. The more there are, the more notes you can play. The message we've selected for our anniversary celebration this morning comes from the Reverend Greg Powell. Reverend Greg and his family live in Langford, BC, where Greg is planning a new church within the United Church tradition. Greg has bounced between Western Canada and Eastern Canada throughout his life and is happiest on the trails, in the canoe, and on skis. Greg's vocational passions include peace and justice, climate justice and indigenous rights, spending time with people at critical moments in life and finding meaningful ways, new and old, to express gratitude and to dream of heaven here on earth. Greg completed his Master of Divinity at Emmanuel College in Toronto in 2014. Prior to responding to his call to congregational ministry, Greg worked for an environmental nonprofit as an, and as an environmental engineer. His message for us this morning is we change, relationships change. Perhaps the most important question one might ask, especially in the second half of life, is what is my life's work? What is my life's work? Other contenders for a best question are, what am I here for? Is there more to life? What is the most important way to use my time, energy, skills, and resources? Following in the thinking of Carl Jung, we might answer those questions in the first half of life with references to building up a CV or bio, finding true love, establishing a family, carving out some wealth. These can all be fine answers. And Jung saw the second half of life as taking a different tack or focus, if we are fortunate. Those first half of life priorities give way to second half of life priorities. And Franciscan priest Richard Rohr describes the first half of life as the time when we build the vessel, when we form the cup, let's say. And the second half of life is when we fill that vessel, we fill the cup from which we are to drink. We give our lives form during our first 40 or so years, and we give our lives meaning during the second 40 or so years. And if we are fortunate, the two halves can flow easily from one to the other. Conversely, midlife transitions can be quite distressing if looking forward at the remainder of one's life and looking backward at what has unfolded causes dissonance. What have I done with my life so far? Why did I spend my time doing that? Is it too late to do X, Y, or Z? These are all important questions. So, in case you haven't guessed, I turned 40 this past year, and these questions are front and center for me. And I actually don't imagine them going away anytime soon, although maybe you have more wisdom and experience to know differently. But regardless of whether you're in a midlife crisis, now is always a good time to ask, what is my life's work? And every once in a while, I'll read an author whose words pierce to the core of what matters. Such is the case for the words of the late Richard Wagamese from his book Embers, One Ojibwa's Meditations. This particular piece is humbling, grounding, and continually revelatory. 
It is ecologically situated and universally true, at least in my humble judgment. It provokes gently an inward searching of sorts. It begs a quiet reflection. It invites self-reflection and an outward posture. If we were collecting a wisdom library for this period in time, that is the 2020s, surely this piece would be part of that compilation. With that, hear these words. In the style of Lectio Divina, I'm going to read the words several times while interjecting some reflection. But I hope, without bombarding you with too many of my own words, maybe you've heard enough of mine already, but I want Richard Wagamese's words to last with you. From our very first breath, we are in relationship. With that indrawn draft of air, we become joined to everything that ever was, is, and ever will be. When we exhale, we forge that relationship by virtue of the act of living. Our breath commingles with all breath, and we are a part of everything. That's the simple fact of things. We are born into a state of relationship, and our ceremonies and rituals are guides to lead us deeper into that relationship with all things. Big lesson? Relationships never end. They just change. In believing that lies the freedom to carry compassion, empathy, love, kindness, and respect into and through whatever changes. We are made more by that practice. Relationships never end. They just change. I've learned there are myriad ways to mess up relationships. I can neglect to return my parents' phone call. I can fail to reciprocate the birthday card a friend sent me for several years in a row. I can lash out over social media without reflecting on my own emotional state first. I can worry first about my own status or being right and second, if at all, about another's well-being. I've also learned there is one way to repair relationships. Forgiveness. Either offering or requesting forgiveness is how we begin to make the necessary repairs. A broken relationship isn't a relationship that has ended. It is simply a relationship that, well, is broken. Like a wound that won't heal. A repaired relationship isn't a new relationship. It is simply a relationship that has changed in a way that allows for new life. Hear Richard's words again. From our very first breath, we are in relationship. With that indrawn draft of air, we become joined to everything that ever was, is, and ever will be. When we exhale, we forge that relationship by virtue of the act of living. Our breath commingles with all breath, and we are a part of everything. That's the simple fact of things. We are born into a state of relationship, and our ceremonies and rituals are guides to lead us deeper into that relationship with all things. Big lesson? Relationships never end. They just change. In believing that lies the freedom to carry compassion, empathy, love, kindness, and respect into and through whatever changes. We are made more by that practice. Can you hear the sense of unity he conveys in those opening lines? 
we are all connected. We are all one. We are all related. We are all relatives. All creatures are my relations. All are your relations. I've been learning a bit about psilocybin, a psychedelic that occurs naturally in some mushrooms, and the immense potential it holds to heal. That healing comes apparently from the sense of oneness one experiences when under its influence. The descriptions I've heard of psilocybin-induced experiences are remarkably similar to what Wagamese describes. These drugs, although illegal, aren't addictive. But the experience of oneness, if not fully integrated, can leave one wanting to have that connection again. Indeed, that unity with God and all humanity, all creation, that we hear in these words is the stuff of paddling a canoe at sunrise or staring into the embers as fire dances across logs with reds and whites and oranges or watching the stars of early August shoot across the sky. We are all connected. We are all one. Here again these words from Richard Wagamese. From our very first breath, we are in relationship. With that indrawn draft of air, we become joined to everything that ever was, is, and ever will be. When we exhale, we forge that relationship by virtue of the act of living. Our breath commingles with all breath, and we are a part of everything. That's the simple fact of things. We are born into a state of relationship, and our ceremonies and rituals are guides to lead us deeper into that relationship with all things. Big lesson? Relationships never end. They just change. In believing that lies the freedom to carry compassion, empathy, love, kindness, and respect into and through whatever changes. We are made more by that practice. Relationships don't end, they change. If we are wise, each time a relationship changes, we take it deeper. And the next time, deeper still. Studies have shown that if you'll indulge the gender binary in which these studies usually take place, women tend toward fewer and deeper relationships, while men tend toward greater but shallower relationships. This research goes on to suggest this difference in relationships, deeper versus shallower, fewer versus many, explains why, on average, women outlive men by five to seven years just about anywhere in the world. Deeper relationships are a vital element of a flourishing life. What is my life's work? What is your life's work? We would all do well to see our life's work as deepening relationships, accompanying another through hard times, celebrating the good. I'm not telling you anything you didn't know, just reminding all of us, myself included, how vital our relationships are. It's easy to let things slide, to drop communication after a tough conversation, to narrow the horizon of caring in times of stress, but some of the last words of Jesus, as he was dying on the cross, were to urge his friend and his mother to see each other as family. You are now bound as if by blood, he implies. Each breath unites us.
Each interaction changes us. Each encounter or each conflict is an opportunity to go deeper, to fall deeper in love with all our relations. May you know the depth of God's love for you, a love made known in one who lived among us, gave us a kick in the pants every once in a while, and taught us ultimately that love is the greatest thing. The relationships with each other, with ourselves, with God, this is the stuff of the vital and flourishing life. This is our life's work. This is the work that leads us through life to death and on to whatever follows, whatever that great mystery is. Knowing that when this work of deepening relationships is done well, it continues on long past whatever end we might know here on earth. May you know the peace and love that comes from God. May you know the wisdom from friends like Richard Wagamese. May you know the whole and flourishing life made known in Jesus the Christ. Amen. Please join me in singing our next hymn, Draw the Circle Wide, More Voices 145.
seated. Now let us take up our offering with generous hearts as we draw the circle wider and wider so that one day all will be fed, all will be safe, and peace and justice will flow for all God's creatures. Our offering response this morning is, What Can I Do? Gracious God, bless these anniversary gifts, those given through par, those we give at other times, and our gifts of food for the fall food drive that we do in memory of Sandra Howes, whose story of faith inspires us. May this offering bless the ministry of this community of faith and our mission service partners in the Ukraine and all over the world. Amen. When we pray together in community, the concerns of each of us, spoken or unspoken, are shared by all of us. We continue our response to God by joining our hearts together in prayer. Dear God of love, we come together while apart. Remind us that you unite us in your spirit and hear our prayers. In this circle of faith, God, we name our needs and the needs of all our relations. We ask for your powerful care to be tangible to both comfort and to challenge us so that your will can come and be alive in our days. We ask for the strength to live out our faith in the days of transition as head as we welcome a new pastor. Help us to deepen our relationships with each other, with our community, and with you. May this next season of grace be one of new growth. Help us to live into each day with our values intact. Values of love, justice, peace, and inclusion. Open our eyes to see as Jesus saw, seeing each person as a true creation of you, the maker of all seeing people as beloved children of yours, the parent of all. Help us to name each person we greet this week as one of God's chosen. On this Peace Sunday, we add to the prayers from people across the world who pray for peace in Ukraine. Loving God, we pray for the people of Ukraine, for all those suffering or afraid, that you will be close to them and protect them. We pray for world leaders, for compassion, strength, and wisdom to guide their choices. May we walk in your ways so that peace and justice become a reality for all the world. Lord God, we live in disturbing days across the world 
Prices rise, debts increase, banks collapse, jobs are taken away and fragile security is under threat. Loving God, meet us in our fear and hear our prayer. Be a tower of strength amid the shifting sands and a light in the darkness. Help us receive your gift of peace and fix our hearts where two joys are to be found. Lord of all, you came to earth to show us what true love looks like. You taught us that love was about sacrifice, virtue and service. You taught us that love means to lay down your life for one another. We pray for constables Andrew Hong, Travis Gillespie, Devin Northrup, Morgan Russell, and Shailen Yang, and for fallen officers everywhere. We thank you for their selfless example of courage and valor. We ask that you bless and keep the family and friends of these fallen officers. Help them to heal and to move forward in a way that honors their memory. May your loving embrace wrap around all who are lonely this week, any who feel they cannot reach out for help, and those who do not sense they are beloved. May your healing power shower down upon all those who are sick at this time. Loosen tight limbs, open up hearts and lungs, release painful emotions, and bring wholeness to your beloved ones. We pray especially for the congregation of St. Matthew's Lutheran Evangelical Church, our brothers and sisters in Christ, on the sudden loss of their beloved pastor, John Polichuk. His death on Thursday has left them in deep shock in great sadness. We add to this our prayers for the family and friends of Marion Boyd of Inverhuron, who was our guest leading us in worship just this past July. Marion was a greatly accomplished woman who left a legacy of service to the province, her community, and the United Church of Canada. We ask all this in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, who did not see any line he could not erase with grace and healing love. We say each in the language of our heart the Lord's Prayer in his name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever. Amen. Our last hymn today is Never Ending Joy. More voices, number 40. Never ending joy, never ending joy. 
the world this week, confident that by the power of God's Spirit moving in you, you can make a difference. You can offer blessing, and you can welcome others into the circle. Let us share all that we are and all that we have so that the whole world might be blessed. Before we leave today, walking the path of peace, please know you're all invited to come together and share in our anniversary potluck in the CE Hall. There is always enough for everyone. So if, like me, you didn't bring anything, you are still welcome. And we conclude with our luncheon grace. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence with us. Bless this food to our bodies that we may be strong to serve, gracious in giving and overflowing with love. Amen. Oh
Grief. We'll leap and dance the rain. 